0: Both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Hewitt Mills.
1: joy to be here this morning. Well, shall we share a word of prayer? It is the word of God. The Bible says the flower withers, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands sure forever. This morning you want to pray that the word of God will be sure in your hearts and in our lives. Shall we pray? Because he I can say saying in the first service that all too soon our daughter you can make a convention has come to an end i think that you have done very well you have behaved like people who have had a year to prepare although you had very short notice and i salute you this morning you are indeed a mega church Amen. I thank God for your very tall, dark and handsome pastor and his beloved wife. In fact, his wife has helped me a lot, you know, in coordinating the daughter, you can make it in Europe, in North America and everywhere. And um, I was just getting an office for her when her husband had her transferred to Accra. But she still continues to do what she was doing. And um, I salute them. I salute all your lovely pastors, lady pastors. I think that we are privileged to know each and every one of you personally. And we treasure our relationship with you. We can't be in Tema this morning, but because of you, look at the hundreds of people sitting here because you obeyed god so on behalf of the bishop we salute you Amen. thank you to all the women the fairer sex the species that were taken from the side of man and not directly from the soil you are a rare and delicate species And when you are in everything, the success rate is different. Even yesterday's food, the variety. Even if we had gone to Golden Tulip, it could not have been like that. Thank you so much, all of you daughters, for making this program a success. I know that if only God grants us grace to be here next year. Because this year, I didn't go to the places I've been already for some time, but I'd been to Temaoli once, that's why I came here. So next year, I don't know my itinerary. (laughs) As the Lord opens the door, we will flow. So God bless you. And the men, there are very few men like you. who are not intimidated by women. By our success or by the call on our lives. But you have really been a part of this conference. I don't know what we would have done without you. We salute you for even sewing daughter shirts to wear. And above all, thank you for the CD. Daughter, you can make it. I believe that we will use it as a signature tune for all our daughter tapes before the message comes we believe that we go to Amsterdam Vienna London and everywhere to the glory of God amen hallelujah I also came with some three lovely ladies lady pastor Adley from our church in Zimbabwe please stand up and give us a wave she has been my roommate since I went to the university, and she was the maid of honor for my third marriage ceremony because I had my marriage in series to the same person. I can't tell you that story this morning. And then Mrs. Ife Asma, who has been chauffeuring me in her brand-new BM. Efe, please stand up and give us a wave. And then my able assistant, Mrs. Shaleen Tim. God bless you all. Thank you for believing in me. Amen. This morning, I'm going to be very brief, I hope. And I want to talk to you about the daughters of Eve. The daughters of Eve. Amen. Of course, you know that we will read from Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. If you know the different types of perming cream, please try and know the different types of books in the Bible. Amen. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed, above all cattle, and above every beast of a field, And upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over you now let's turn our bibles also to isaiah 4 verse 1 we'll come back to genesis but we are reading our passage our passages before isaiah 4 verse 1 are we there and in that day seven women Shall take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. Seven women shall take a hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll read the other verses as we go along, so don't worry. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, not all of it. Verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I will have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Verse 8. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Verse 11. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Amen. Now what do I mean when I say daughters of Eve? You know, Eve was the first woman to be created by God. As I tell you, woman is a refined species, so she was taken from the side of man. That is why the Bible says, dwell with us according to knowledge. It is only high-tech things that need to be studied. Ordinary things are easily understood. We were not taken directly from soil. We were taken from the side of man. So we are a bit more refined. A bit more polished and therefore a bit more delicate. And so you have to go to school to live with us. Because sometimes we can be very excited and happy. And then sometimes we can be another way. And then you will just be wondering, is it the same person? Is it uh, temperament or that is how women are? If you dwell with us according to knowledge. I realize that it takes very little to please a woman. It doesn't take money buying big things for her it takes attention it takes showing that you care you know that every time the house is clean there's no comment but every time something is dirty then you remember to give a comment she just needs a little appreciation and a few raps and she will do so much Now. Disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says the man was not deceived but Eve was deceived. And when God came to the garden to meet our judgment you see we say in law that God is a just God. Even though he is all knowing he always gives you what we call the Aldi Altarum Pattern Rule. And that is You have a right to be heard even when God knows that you have sinned you've done wrong. you have a right to be heard and that is why when he came to the garden he said Adam what is Eve what is this that has done he asked them where are you and what is this that has done so even when you know the facts sometimes it pays to listen to somebody and in fact in law we study this as the first basis that God came to the garden and God asked that what have you done and where are you and all that and adam said the woman you gave me and eve said he waited for everybody to present their case and so based on that comes the Audi alter pattern rule so god is the chief lawyer and the wisest person before anything else amen and when god came to the garden and he asked them adam said the woman you gave me Eve said the serpent beguiled me and all sorts of blame games that they were playing and then when god came he judged the devil first he said that you will crawl on your belly you will eat dust I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her seed and your seed you will bruise her heel but she will bruise your head and how many of you know that when the head is destroyed the animal is finished and that was Satan's punishment it wasn't the woman's punishment that the serpent will bruise her heel was the devil's punishment that the woman will bruise her head so, women we are victorious women and for this reason the Son of God was made manifest that we may destroy the works of the devil but what I want to dwell on this morning is that women grow up in a very seemingly disadvantaged environment if it's rape it will be a woman if even there's infertility in a marriage it is assumed that it's the woman's fault but medicine has proven that 40% comes from females, 40 from males, and 20 from both. But then society has always told us that it's the woman. And often we hear about the woman. On Tumilu, it means it's the woman. We go to the workplace, and sometimes you are due for promotion. But because you are a woman, you may not be promoted to a certain level. Because you are a woman, sometimes when you tell people what to do at work, they say she's Margaret Thatcher. But when a man says it, he gets away with it because he's a man. So it seems that women are laboring under a certain curse as it were. But God has provided a way of escape. And God has provided a way of blessing. So how do we squirm through all our difficulties? And even what are some of our difficulties? How do we overcome them? First of all, we have to recognize the reality of the curse in the garden. Recognize the reality of the curse in the garden. When God came, he said that I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow that shall give birth or bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over you. Now, what women have done is that we have taken this case and we have gone out into the working world as well and taken Adam's case. Because it says, out of the dust you will bring forth, out of the sweat of your face you shall eat. We have added that one. And we've added it to our eve case. And it looks as if we are laboring under two beddings. Amen. But you see, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And thy desire, but I will treat the desire before I come to thy sorrow and thy conception. Now when the Bible says, thy desire shall be unto your husband, what does it mean? Many women don't feel complete unless they are married. They can be the managing director of company X. It doesn't matter. They can have all the things they have in this life. And sometimes even it's a very foolish man proposing to them. But they still want that before they'll feel complete. Is it a wonder that the Bible says in that day seven women shall take hold of one man and say... Take us to be your wives. We will buy our own food. We will take care of ourselves. We'll buy our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name. Only misses. That's all that we want. So it doesn't matter the miracle God performs in your life. It doesn't matter the many blessings that come your way. Once you feel that you are not owned by man, you think that your life is not complete. And that is because it's a curse. Thy desire shall be. Unto your husband. It means that if this is your desire, you hand it over to a man. What does it mean? That you have the desire to do masters, but it's with the husband. And he determines whether he will allow you to go and do the masters or not. Your desire shall be unto you. It's in his hand. And he does with it what he likes. Thy desire shall be unto your husband, he will rule over you. Many times I was saying yesterday, women have wild dreams. I'll become a surgeon, I'll become an ONG uh, specialist, I would be a lawyer, I will uh, specialize in uh, legislative draftsmanship, and so many things. You have so many dreams. I'll go to Seattle, I'll read this, after that I'll pass it, I'll do that, I'll fulfill a lot of things. Then she meets a man. And then the man said, oh, you're going to Seattle. Me, I want to stay in Aboko, be here. No. Your desire shall be unto your husband. And he will rule over you. So even the geographical area where you have to be, or sometimes even the church you have to be in, is determined by your husband. So ladies, before you give that desire to somebody, see whether he's fit to hold that desire. And determine where you will go. Amen. Many years ago. Is that your, you haven't told me how much time. <laughs> Many years ago, I was working at a place called the Attorney General's Department. And they had a special course post post-graduates. said, every lawyer must go. It was a very small department. Even when I was posted there, the first day I reported, my boss said to me, Hey, you managed to come to drafting. And I was wondering, what she saying? I said, no, I didn't like to be here by was." but what I want to tell you, you are very privileged to be in a small department like this. Later, I found out that they sponsor you to go for a two-year master's. So it was a very small department, and they produce all the laws in Ghana. They write it, you know, very unique, small department. So I went, and then they said people were going for master's. Every year, there was somebody. Every year, there was somebody. It was good. People will come back. They look very wealthy. Some of them have shipped cars because if you stay six months and beyond, you have things that when they go there, they look for accommodation and then they stay. So then it came to my turn. It says, Mills, it's now your turn to go to Barbados. So my boss called me to her office and I said, "Madam, I don't think I can go. Why?" I said, "Because of the nature of my husband's work, you know he." travels a lot, he's planting churches, and so if I also take off for two years, I don't know how the thing will be. So what about career progression? You are allowing a man to dictate to you what you will do? Yes, Madam, she has not dictated, but I think that I'll just be breaking my family and all that. And she said, okay, you go and think about it. Then she brought it up at a staff meeting. So after staff meeting, you know, most of the ladies who meant well said, but we're also married. And we also went for two years. You must try. Once you put your house in order, you can go and all that. Well, what happened is that every year it came, I had an excuse. Every year. So finally, the, this, the first office is my boss. The second is a deputy. And the third is whoever has gone for master's first. And they were arranging like that. So I kept being shifted to the end of the row. And people who were called to the bar, 1990 something, 95 of them all came to pass when I was there. Then once my boss came, I said, at least go for something. So she gave me a course, a short one, to go for in London and come back. So at least it means I've also done a little postgraduate, but, you know, it's not a two-year stint. Eventually, I became convinced. I knew that God had called me to ministry, but I didn't know when I should come into full-time ministry. Eventually, I became convinced. Then I went to tell my boss I was resigning. So to do what? I said to help my husband. That thing that your husband is doing, is it not enough for one person to be in its athlete? You are going to add yourself. Do you know the risk? And if you look at the newspapers, the things that these collegiate people have been doing, how, why do you feel secure to give up your profession for such a thing like this? And you know, your husband may be good today, but how do you know if he won't change? I could easily tell you a nice story by saying oh I just quoted some verses and I moved on no I thought I prayed I cried I asked God is it you and then eventually I resigned and came into full time ministry but the bottom line of all this that I have said is that if I had had dreams set in iron that after two years I'll go to Barbados after that when I come I'll become principal state attorney then I'll go to parliament and show the Lord that this is It's good to have dreams, but don't set them in iron, because life is not like oil.
2: There
1: are many junctions in life. Amen. So when the Bible says that your desire shall be unto your husband, he will rule over you, you can turn it around for good. Instead of seeing it as something that man is coming to dominate me. First of all, you can have a say in the choice you make of a husband. Because the Bible says husbands love your wives. So they are not supposed to be some dictators lording it over you. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. For me, the duties of a man are worse than the duties of a woman. The Bible just says, submit. No one is easy. But love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he may wash it with the washing of the water by the word, that he may present it to himself, a glorious church. Without spots, without blemish, and without wrinkle. If your wife has pimples, God will ask you. Without spots, without blemish, without wrinkles, we are supposed to be looking ever green and ever fresh. The Bible says, No man hates his own body, but nourisheth and cherisheth. To nourish is to give the necessary ingredients and nutrients for the thing to grow properly. To cherish is to hold dear and in high esteem. As for me, I'm glad I'm not a man. Because God will ask you. Some of us, we are busy washing the water of the Word, the church of God. But what about your wife, who is the neighbor closest to you? Mercy for the husbands. We must also know that no man can fulfill all your dreams the Bible says in Exodus 20 I am the Lord your God you shall have no other gods before me if God creates a man who can answer your every need, then God has created another God who is a rival to himself and the Bible says my glory I will share with no man that is why God gave you a godly man yes but he didn't give you a perfect man Because even if he gave you a perfect man, you are imperfect. So the marriage will be imperfect. Amen. And so God did not create us to get one person to fulfill all our desires. There are various ways in which God meets our desires. And if you're a woman and you are not married, and you don't feel fulfilled, you don't feel whole, you feel that there's something wrong with you or you are not whole, then when you marry... That wholeness will not be cured. It will rather be deepened. Because you thought that your husband would always come home and put on candles. So that you will eat. Now when he comes, he says, Please don't lay the table, I eat in bed. <laughs> like everyone is student was telling us once, since he married, he has always eaten in bed. And when he's eating, he puts all the palm and everything in the bed sheet. And then he says that when he's eating, his repentance is slow. So he has not been able to change as rapidly as his wife would have him. But many of you, when you sit in the crowd, you see reverend he stood, doing holy ghost, say, oh yeah. But when it comes to the palm oil on the bedsheet, are you ready for it? When a man stands on stage, it is part of him, but it's not the whole of him. And so when you desire to marry what is on stage, fine. But when you marry, you have a rude awakening. Because the man is not just on stage, there's more to him. Than what you see on stage. Amen. And so we have to feel that there's some worth in us. And we have to know in Christ that we are complete in Christ. So that it's not the man who is coming to bring completion to your life. But the two of you coming together are two whole people coming to form one whole. But if you are broken, you are leaking issues. All the time you are leaking. And you have not been healed or put whole yet by the Lord. When you marry, you transfer all your problems to your husband. And you will see him as the source of, all. Oh, I'm not happy, is you. I'm not excited, it's you. I'm not laughing, it's you. I'm not smiling, it's you. I don't have money, is you. I don't have this. Everything, you will think that it's your husband. But if you would turn your eyes unto Jesus... And you will begin to nurture your relationship with him. The Lord will speak to you. The Lord will tell you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The love of God does not change. Some of you, your spouses have condemned you and you feel there's nothing good in you. But turn around and look in the mirror of the word. And you will see that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You will see that there's something good in you after all. You will see that you shouldn't allow man to judge you. The Bible says, let man be a liar and let God be true. Let man, including yourself, you are accessing yourself by your past, by your history, by your failures, by your weaknesses. But see yourself as complete in him. And pride yourself more on the fact that you are a child of God. More than what you do. That, oh, I'm the bishop's wife. So that means that I'm complete. Who told you? When you become the bishop's wife, you will have more issues. And if that is what your completion is built on, it will go out because God will not allow you to build a foundation like that. You know, it is a hunger that God has put in every man to thirst after him and to find him. And we are not going to find that quenching of the thirst in any mortal man. So women, let's stop being deceived and following things that are not of God. Now, under the law, we are told that your desire shall be unto your husband and he will rule over you. But under the new covenant. God says, instead of him ruling over you, you decide to submit unto your own husband. Amen. And submission is more dignifying. Ladies, your weapon is in submission. Your weapon is not in fighting back. Your weapon is not being a second boss. Your weapon is in submission. Remember that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. He humbled himself and became a man. The fact that you submit does not mean that you have become a lesser person. It is rather that you have become a greater person. Remember the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and God will lift you up. There are many strengths in forgiveness. Women are not the head, but they are the neck. They turn many things around, including the world. It's a man's world, but it's ruled by women, they say. And so we have a certain strength, which is not the same strength as a man's strength, but it is strength anyway. The Bible says a meek and a quiet spirit is of great price in the sight of God. So those of you who are struggling with the submission issue, believe God. It also says that submitting one to another. So there are times where you should submit to one another. But you, the woman, are told to submit so that you will not be under a dictatorship. When there are two captains in a ship, there will always be chaos. Amen. But when you bow, you give way to the captain to rule. The captain will always consult you. He will always respect your views. What do you think? What should I do? You know, and then when they come to us, what should I do? Don't lecture them because you are not their mothers. You are a spouse. Amen. So stay your mind and leave the rest to God. That is how to go around this particular case. Your desire shall be unto your husband. But when God comes to the new covenant, he says that we should all submit to him and to one another. And then you wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband. And if you are not married, learn to submit to authority. Because whenever you fight authority all the time, it is likely that in your marriage, you will also have problems. The more you submit, the more you are loved.
2: So if you are looking for love,
1: you are looking for a man, just be submissive. That is enough. Amen. Amen. Now the second aspect of the case it says that I will greatly multiply the believing God for a child every month. And then society puts a tag on you. And even in the church, you feel that people are looking at you. Sometimes people feel maybe you are not a good enough Christian. Maybe you don't fast or you don't pray enough. Maybe she has something secret she's done that she's not saying. And all these things multiply our sorrow. In our conception, before we even give birth, we have to sometimes start seeing doctors. Then they will do all sorts of things on us when we go to the gynecologist, all sorts of gymnastics just to have a child. Are you not surprised that it's a curse? Because it's a curse we want. You see, all the two curses, it's something we want. And I think that it is the mercy of God so that it will not be too painful. He makes it desirable. So that even when God curses us, it's a desirable curse. And so even though your husband will rule over you, you want him. And even though your children, you will give birth to them in sorrow, you want it. That is how it is. When I was going to have my first child, I was in so much pain. I was in Switzerland. My husband was coming full-time with no salary. I was doing national service. I had not been paid for six months. And so... I decided that I would go abroad and work for a while. So I went one very early weeks of my pregnancy and I worked in a factory in Switzerland speaking French and moving. When I stopped working the next day I gave birth. And I said it was the physical pain of working, getting up in winter, you know, he was here finishing off his house job and also with a church, and I was working to make a living for us. And then, at the end of it, by the grace of God, I was able to send him money that used this to buy a ticket and come. And so he came. The last day, we were able to buy a few things. When he came, I went to withdraw my money from the bank, and I said, my Lord, this is what I have earned all the time that I've been away. Please take it and give me some as you see fit. one lady said to me in the cathedral you shouldn't preach these things too much because not every husband will be faithful with my money amen and so in the night i hadn't had a baby before but i felt a certain pain that i have not felt all my life before and so i woke my husband up and i said i'm in such pain can we go to the hospital now he said oh the pain just started Okay, then he looked at his watch. The contractions are far between. Okay, you mommy, I'm going to the bathroom to bath. I said, bath? Do you know what labor is? What are you telling me about bathing? Do you know what the pain is? He said, look, you are a primate. I said, what's that? So it means you are a mother for the first time. He says your labor is going to take a long I said, but it's
3: very, very insensitive of you to say you are going to bath. Do you know what it means?
1: I tell you. I went to the hospital in the night I was in. It was a blue nightie, green and orange bedroom slippers, and a purple shawl. And those of you who know me know that I don't like to dress like that. But when my sorrow was multiplied in my conception, nothing else mattered. And as I was lying there, "Mm, mm," he was battered. So when he finished bathing, he came, we went to the hospital. When we got there, you know, there as soon as you get there, they put you in a wheelchair and all that. They took me to the labor ward. I'd sit down a bit, then I would stand. Then they gave me a Swiss midwife. So I would say to the midwife, oh so penible, oh penible. It means it's painful. Then in the middle of my pain, my husband taps me and says, Are you sure the pain is real? And I'm like, why are you saying that? So because if you are in real play, you will speak French. <laughs> you will say, again, but you say, Stephanie is not real. I didn't even have the energy to respond. But as I lay on that bed, I told God. I couldn't even shout. My face was just wet. The pain was incredible to me. It was not like stomach ache. It wasn't like headache. I I just couldn't believe it. So my face was just wet. I didn't even scream. I was just looking in the sky and I was surprised. And I said a quiet prayer to God. I said, God, if even you give me just one, I will not complain. Seeing this pain, I wouldn't even ask for more. How many of you know that after the conception,
3: though you have sorrow in your conception, you go again and again and again. Many
1: times our lives are at risk. Sometimes we have eclampsia, preeclampsia, the baby uh, um, premature delivery. After the baby has come, they say the placenta didn't come. So many things. But we will give everything to go through that. Amen. And our sorrow is multiplied, but we still go after our multiplied sorrow. So what is the way of escape that God has provided for the daughters of you with this case too? I want you to turn your Bibles to First Timothy two verse fifteen. First <laughs> Timothy two verse fifteen. But the grace of God is making childbirth. An exciting thing in spite of our pain. So sometimes, you know, let's not focus so much on the pain we go through to get something. But the joy, the Bible says that when we have the baby, the joy makes us forget the pain. You may not forget us in memory, but it's not something that affects you and makes you not want to have a child again. Rather, you go one, two, three, four. 1 Timothy 2 verse 15. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. The Bible is saying that even in childbearing under the new covenant, daughter of Eve, God has provided a way. You will be saved in the childbearing. You will not lose your life in the childbearing. The Lord will make you a protective shield around you if you continue in faith and in love and in holiness with self-control. Usually we think that love, holiness, they are just things that are said. And we don't think that's even linked to our childbirth. But God is saying, notwithstanding all your problems, you will be saved in childbirth. Not if you start, but if you continue. In faith, in charity, in holiness, with sobriety. God has made a way out of the curse. Amen and it's for us to recognize the way of escape and to go through it. The other way to overcome the curse has been through medicine. God, by His grace, has provided medicine, so they will give you pethidine. They will give you epidural to lessen the pain and to make childbirth possible. Now, we have all sorts of surgical maneuvers that they can do to take the baby out. So if the baby may be very tiny, But your sorrow is reduced because they take it out so that you can live. So God has through medicine and through his grace and through his word provided a way of escape. So there's no curse, daughter of Eve, that God has brought your way that he will not turn into a blessing. And give it back to you for his sake. Amen. One of the ways to overcome the curse, I said, is to recognize that no man can meet all your needs. Now look at Rachel, she was loved by Jacob, there was nothing that, I mean some of you think that if I get a man who loves me, bah, then all my problems are solved. So she met Jacob who loved her and was prepared to work 14 years to get her and yet Rachel was not a satisfied woman. I have another sermon that I call, daughter you have it all. And it's based on this Rachel's story. When Rachel still was not she wrestled with her sister, she went to get married to give birth, she decided to quarrel with Jacobs at a point. Jacob said, "Am I God to give you children? Am I God?" So in spite of the fact that she had a husband who loved her and did not even love Leah, just her, she was not satisfied, because no man can give us everything. And no man can give us all the comforts that we need. Sometimes you are hurting you tell your husband, sometimes I tell my husband, oh, the way this person behaved, I didn't like it. Oh, just forgive, forgive her, move on, move on. No. How many of us know that it's not just forgive and move on, move on, move You want the person to say, oh, what happened? She did this and that, oh, I see. So how do you feel? I feel terrible. I feel that she did it to spite me. I feel that this is a, oh, don't worry, you know. People behave like that and I really share your pain, but it will be all right. Then I become calm. But when you just tell me forgive, forgive, forgive and move on It's not the same And it is in some of these moments That I recognize That only God Understands everything The Bible says we have a high priest Who is touched with the feeling Of our infirmities Sometimes it's not that the men don't want to understand But their perspective is different Totally different You are standing here, they are standing over there so they are looking at the thing from different angles so as you have come and then you are talking when your mother came i didn't like how she treated me and uh, they don't want problems they can't solve so they say oh it's okay it's okay. let's just move what's all this and then you feel who is going to understand me but the bible says let us therefore come boldly unto his throne of grace that we may find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need not in our time of plenty, not in our time when everything is alright, but in our time of need. When you are going to the throne room, you don't need an appointment. When you are going to the throne you don't need a schedule. God is never in a bad mood to see you. God will not say, I'm sleepy. When I wake up, we will discuss it. He will always be there for you. So ladies, cultivate your relationship with the Lord. The next step, maintain other interests and other healthy relationships. Bishop says that women need to talk. Not every woman may have a sanguinous trait to talk all the time, but they need to discuss. You see, women need to discuss. They can't just uh, put the thing under the carpet or just decide that it's gone. When they talk, it brings healing. And I think that's why the Bible says: confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. As you talk, healing comes. Sometimes it's not even the solution. But it's just that you shared it with me. Sorrow shared is half sorrow. And joy shared is double joy. So men, have time to sit with your wives and listen to her. And don't say that it's just chatter, chatter, things that are not important. You also talk about soccer. You also talk about things that we also may find light. But we listen to you, hopefully. (laughs) So ladies, maintain other interests. Don't let your whole life be just your marriage. It can't be. You need women's relationships, as I preached in the first service. You need woman to woman. You need an older woman. You need a younger woman. You need somebody you can share with. You need a prayer partner sometimes. Pray that she's godly, because sometimes when you tell your problems, before you know she's marrying your husband. Mercy. The virtuous woman, when you read the Proverbs 31, she was doing so many other things. She worketh willingly with her hands. She seeketh wool. She goes where the merchant ships are. She rises up early to give him. Her life is full, not just her husband. She considers a field. She buys it. She looks at things and she says, oh, this thing will be good. Let me invest in it. This thing that I'm doing, it will yield this. Let me go and meet the merchant. The Bible says that she opens her mouth with kindness and she stretches out her arm to the needy. So when you are busy ministering to others, Touching other lives, pursuing other things that you are interested in, you don't get focused and become depressed. Amen, ladies? I preached this once in a church on the Proverbs 31 woman, and a psychiatrist who had done postgraduate in psychiatry came to me and said, this is what we advise in psychiatry, that you should maintain other interests and do other things so that you will become a healthier person. Some of you, it's time to go back to school. You are sitting there, you finish having your children, you are just there. Some of you, you may not go to the classroom, but there are different ways of learning. You can enhance yourself. Add some computer, read some books, study the word, become a shepherd so you can preach to others. Don't just sit in your state. When he comes, he's going ministry meetings, you're also going counseling, doing what you have to do, and then they'll be calling you in the office. When are you coming home? Sometimes I can be in a meeting I have many calls from home. When are you coming home? Are you trying to be a choleric now? Because you learn to maintain other interests. Because your life is larger than just your marriage. If it's the latest hairstyle, learn to do it or get to know about it. Sew some new dresses and be happy. Why? Every time your problems. agree to meet your friends somewhere. So this after let's meet her, don't mind your wife, Chobah, and let's eat. And then we will chat a bit. Even if it's a, a few minutes, after that we go and we are healthier. So ladies, learn to maintain other interests. Lastly, recognize that you live in an imperfect world. <laughs> recognize that you live in an imperfect world. Second Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2 to 4. If you don't do anything, whenever your husband goes for church workers, you are sitting at home. When he can say, But sometimes, when you have things you are doing, your husband calls and he's coming, he says he should come a little later. Ladies, isn't it? I have so much to do. When am I going to eat this stew before? And even some of you, you are good cooks, but there's no variety. Every day I've been gone. It's time to maintain other interests. Add other things of value to your life. Amen. Somebody said, make Jollof. You can make Jollof. Make some spaghetti carbonara. Make something new. You don't know how to bake. Go and buy a cookie book and learn it. You don't know how to entertain guests. But you say say to three ladies in your church, Oh, I'd like you to come for tea. This afternoon at 3 o'clock. They say, Tea, what do you give? You give scones You give some sandwiches Then you try You organize and you become more confident As you go on As if your life is just you Yourself And your husband You will never be fulfilled Amen When you have other interests And you come home You see that most of the time Your husband has missed you When both of you have gone To do other things and you come They have really missed you And even when you say You are going again, They want to resist it Hey, but I thought you said the meeting will end just now. But if every day you are home, you don't progress. You won't look nice at home till you are there. There's no excitement. Second Corinthians 5, two to 4 For in this we groan, that is in this body, endlessly desiring to be closed with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being closed, we shall not be found naked, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. What does it mean? It says that once you are in this body, there are times when you will groan. Because a body is subject to so many feelings, so many sentiments, and life itself is subject to so many changes. You see, when we started the church, and we were at School of Hygiene, there were very few people. And so whenever we went to church we closed. By eleven o'clock or ten we've closed because we had to go very early, seven to eleven. After that, if we do counseling, ah uh, by twelve we finished. And my beloved and I would just be blowing time with Reverend Saki and everybody. But as the church grew, things changed. We went to the canteen, it grew bigger. And then now we started to close around three. To go home around three, around four. And then I have PFI with Reverend Ishmael and all the lots. And my husband used to tell me, you see, mommy, don't worry. The reason why the meetings are up to four is because we don't have a church office. As soon as we have a church office, we will close earlier. Because we will have our meetings all be structured and everything will be. But those of you who come to the cathedral on Tuesdays, know that we have offices. And still we are not closing at four in the afternoon. Because when, there's, when the oxygen is increased, there'll be much, many more people who also eat it, the Bible says. So there are different seasons of your life. You see, so life is not perfect at one equilibrium and everything is like this. So adapt to the changing seasons of your life. I have a message called the woman in the midst of change. The Bible says that so long as we live, seed time and harvest, day and night, summer and winter, they will never cease. So there's no one day that will be all winter, all summer, all day, all night. Your life is changing. The seasons of your life are changing. Even your needs are changing. And the needs of your spouse are also changing. So pray that God will give you the grace to adapt to the various changes that come about. When you, only the two of you are married, it's different. When you have children, it's another ball game. When they are toddlers, it's different. When they are teenagers, like my two boys, it's a totally different picture. Now you say, we want to go to Takadi for a convention. Oh really? I'm also having Niayite over for the night. So which one are we doing? When they were toddlers, you could just carry them and they will go with you. But When they become teenagers, they also have an agenda of their own. I say, we are going to this place to see this person. And one of them will say, can I pass? I said, what? Can I pass? Because I want to spend my time reading in my room. I don't feel like visiting. At first I got very surprised. Ah, but this is what I've always carried them with me. How come things are changing? Because we are in a different season of our lives. There used to be times I just choose clothes for them, they'll wear it. Now when I choose it, they say, Mommy, no. This we don't I want to wear something else. Different seasons of life. So there's nothing like a perfect life. The Bible did not mean words. There are many other afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers us from them all. So sometimes when your husband disappoints you or he lives under your expectations know that he's human and he will disappoint you sometimes just like you will disappoint him he will say i'll come at five and he will come at eight because he's human and so let us accept that in this tabernacle we groan and that life is not as perfect as we would like it to be but god has promised that for everything that comes he will give you grace overcome and to prevail The Bible says that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against the enemy. And one way to keep your spirit, in spite of all the changing things of life, is to develop a thankful attitude. The Bible says in everything give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything. For this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. When you develop a thankful attitude, you become less critical. When you develop a thankful attitude, you don't grumble and mumble. The Bible says when you grumble, you give place to the devourer. But when you begin to look, that in spite of all my problems, there are certain things to be thankful for. The Bible says, let us therewith be content, having food and raiment. And Paul said, I have learned how to be abased and how to abound. Amen. So come to that place where you always... Learn to abase, learn to abound, depending on the seasons of your life. Develop a thankful spirit, and you will not become a depressed somebody. Every time you think that only you have problems. You see, we women, our souls can actually shrivel and die within us from the bitterness that we feel that life has brought brought to us. Some of us are like Lot's wife. We are always looking back. In the end, we become a pillar of salt. And salt is something you can't eat a lot of. So is something you can't digest a lot of. We become a pillar. We lose our humanness. We lose our sensitivity. We lose our ability to even feel for other people. And we become a pillar of salt. But the Bible says that in spite of all things, look round. You will see that God has been good to you. Daughter of Eve, God has provided many ways of escape through his word. And if only you will accept it, you will turn the curse around. And instead of the curse, there will be a blessing. God bless you. Amen. Please stand to your feet. <laughs> because he lives. Because God lives, we can face tomorrow.
2: God huh? lives tomorrow. Because he lives off <laughs> God.
1: live. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. Call upon me and I will answer. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. I want you to pray and ask the Lord to show you the way of escape to every care, every bondage that the enemy has tried to bring you into. And to know that because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Conceive and the grace to go home with a baby, I release that grace upon your women this morning and those with any threatening situations, in their pregnancies, in their marriages, in their homes, I arrest every situation in the name of Jesus and I ask in the presence of the Lord who proves and protects and keeps and guides. Yes, because you live, may your people be able to prevail in the aftermath.
2: Thank you, Lord.
3: Of anything. And now my future is Christ. Because He's the one who holds it. He he's the one who determines my future. I tell you, you don't have to die, you don't have to give up, you don't have to commit suicide. Because life is worth a living. Because.
4: because he lives because he that died and rose again is alive you can face tomorrow your future is not destroyed your life is not destroyed your life is not empty
3: forget about tomorrow the Bible says he holds the future he holds your one hour from now he holds your five minutes from now somebody in five minutes now something good is going to happen to you Somebody in an hour's time, a miracle is happening to you. Somebody in the course of the week, because He holds the future, and I tell you, the future is bright. Say the Lord,
4: the future is bright because He lives. And I tell you something: I've been blessed. I've been ministered to. Amen. To the spirits, to my soul, man. Because He lives. There are some people here. This afternoon life is no longer meaningful to you again you want to give up you say where is this god where is he where is he where can i find him your life is empty you cannot say that god jesus is your lord but this afternoon i want to give you an opportunity to invite jesus as the mommy said Some of us, we think that the answer is in marriage. But you marry and realize that that is not the answer. The answer is in Jesus. Hallelujah. So just close your eyes. Every eye closed, please. Every head bowed. You want to say, Pastor, I want to be led to this Jesus. I want to live a fulfilled life. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to die and go to heaven. Pastor, I want to have God in my life. I want God to use me in his house, but I'm not born again, and I want to be born again. Pastor, pray for me. I want forgiveness of sins. Pray for me. You are here like that. You want to receive Jesus into your hearts as your Lord and personal Savior. You want to know that when you die, you go to heaven. Whilst every head is every eye is good. Just lift up your right hand, and I'm going to pray with you. Lift it above your head. God bless you. Above your head. Close your eyes, my brother, and lift it up high above your head. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Don't, don't look at anybody. Just look at yourself. It's a matter between you and God. Never live here today without giving your life to Jesus. Now, if your hand is up where from wherever you are, I want to just walk and come to me right here. And I'm going to pray with you. Just walk. Put your hands together for us. Just walk and come to me right here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.
3: God bless you. Your life will never, ever be the same again. He came to die for you, my brother. He came to die for you, my mama. To heal. To heal and to forgive. To heal
2: and to forgive. days an, an
4: empty grave is there to prove that he lives and because he lives you will live also those of you here just say this with me mean it from your heart and say it with me from your heart say dear lord jesus,
2: dear lord jesus
4: I, believe in my heart I believe in my heart that jesus, that jesus is, the son of god. He is the son of god i confess I confess, I confess with my mouth, with that, my that, mouth Jesus that Jesus is Lord. Is Lord. From, this moment, From this moment, I take Jesus, I into, take Jesus into my heart, into my heart, heart and, into my life, and into my life as my Lord, as my Lord and, my and my personal Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, Thank for, you, Lord for, Jesus. Accepting me for accepting for me and making me one of your own, one one of of your own. in the name of, Jesus. The name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this words who have responded to the call to give their lives to you i pray that this ones will be grounded and be rooted in you that no friend or situation or circumstance will be able to take them away from you i pray that this ones will grow to know you and what you have done for them. They will go to understand the decision they are taking today so that they will hold fast to it and not exchange it for anything else. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And all the things shall shout Amen. Amen. Wonderful.
0: It was great having you today to find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills. Please visit at the Kodesh, North Kanishi Or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.